Anesthesia Nerds. Uh, thank you for joining us for another episode of the Veterinary Anesthesia Nerds podcast. Today I have a really interesting episode. We are not actually going to be talking about too much anesthesia, maybe only 10%. Uh, but the reason that this conversation came up, maybe uh, I was sitting at home, as many of you guys are, and I'm just thinking about everything that's going on in the world. And, you know, in between a new beer I've been trying and trying to answer all these emails and maybe possibly crying in the shower. I just got to thinking about everything that's going on. And while anesthesia is amazing and you know that's my number one, I also think that our mental health is really important in this time too, which made me want to get my next guest involved in the podcast. And my next guest is a CVT by the name of Shanna Mekalarnan. And I tried to say that in my best, like, cool Irish voice, but uh, so you get a Mick and Ernie and a Mickalarnan here on the podcast today. So Shanna, thank you so much for joining us and let's get started. Thanks for having me, Tasha. And your intro just had me cracking up over here. I was trying not to like, laugh too hard. So interestingly enough, again, this is the Anesthesia Nerds podcast, but so we're going off a little bit because sometimes we talk about career development and we talk about other things in within the realm of veterinary medicine. Um, and interestingly enough, you and I have a history not just this podcast, but you and I kind of have a history that goes way back. Yeah, it's interesting how it all came full circle. Um, and I mean, way back going 10 plus years ago. Yeah. I would, yeah, I would love to um, share that story. Is that? Oh, definitely. I mean, it's yeah. going to be embarrassing for me. But yes. <laughs> More so for me. Um, so yeah, so Tasha, you and I actually, and now that I'm thinking about it, it goes even I think a little further back than we had initially talked about. Um, when I was in my manor college program, in my veterinary technician uh, program, Tasha, you had already graduated with your CBT and you were teaching and you were one of the, I think, adjunct professors in my class. So that was, I think, the first time we met. And then I ended up doing, um, after graduation, doing my externship at Rao Animal Hospital, where you were working, and you were one of my anesthesia mentors. And then, you know, we both went off and did our things, and I grew up and went from baby bird uh, veterinary <laughs> to actually, you know, owning my career and, and taking a different path. And then now, 10 plus years later, uh, we just kind of reconnected. Right. For uh, those of you who don't know, yes, I used to do, um, I worked with uh, Manor College, shout out to Manor College and Dr. Joanna Basser, who's amazing over there uh, with that program. And I was, I do remember you coming in uh, to Rao Animal Hospital to do your externship. And uh, again, I apologize for shoving anesthesia down your throat so much uh, as I do to every extern that comes through the building. Because to me, you know, anesthesia is the most important of all, you know, I don't care if you can read your analysis, but you need to be able to intubate this patient appropriately. So um, hopefully that serves you well as you went out into other realms of veterinary medicine. Uh, but yeah, we connected again super randomly um, because we're both part of a group in Philly, a women's group uh, called She Steps Up which I'm going to put the link to that in the show notes as well. So if there are any Philadelphia listeners out there and Philadelphia women that want to kind of connect with other career women, talk about your career opportunities, et cetera, I'll put the link up for that. But we were at a happy hour mixer event and kind of saw each other and we're like, hey, wait a minute, weren't you from Manor College and you were at Rao? And oh my gosh, and veterinary medicine is 
it is a small world, man. It's like, you know, it's a small world. You see people 20 years later and you're like, wait a minute, weren't you at that one hospital with that crazy guy? Yeah. <laughs> so uh, let's talk about after you left your, after you left us at your externship site, right? You are a baby bird technician. Yeah. Uh, and then afterwards, uh, where did you go after you graduated? So, um, and also just to back up, Tasha, you were a great mentor. Um, and we're not <laughs> I just remember you also holding anatomy skeletons and being like, let's go over this one more time. It was so good. And everybody came to you for everything. And so just to put that in there before you think it was like a shove, it totally wasn't. It actually taught me a lot about who I wanted to be as a nurse when I left. So when I left, I actually went right into... Um, I had been working in a general practice during that time, a uh, very small practice, but I went into emergency and critical care medicine for a number of years. And that's, you know, kind of where my heart was for a long time. I kind of knew that anesthesia wasn't my jam. <laughs> I just knew it wasn't. <laughs> that's um, fine. That's I, fine. <laughs> and I had originally come to Ralph for dentistry. That was my real passion. Like, I yeah. was and then after I mean, those six weeks, I was like, no, I don't. So uh, <laughs> shout out to Vicki Byard, uh, yes. the dentistry mentor at Rao. Yes. And Vicki was amazing. I just like wanted to be a busy bee and didn't want to sit. So I think that's why I went into emergency. Uh, and I had an amazing um, two to three years at Metropolitan Veterinary Associates and Valley Forge. So shout out to them. I still, some of my best friends still work there and I'm still like very much in touch and like love that hospital. But I, um, over time, and you know, this can totally be a part of a, a later thing, but just real short, um, I, you know, experienced some burnout. I was one of the overnight nurses there for a little bit and was like, you know, I, I was giving up nights, weekends, holidays and just really tried to, I just took a step back and was like, where do I see myself in five to 10 years? And it just didn't seem like it was that. Mm -hmm. So I went back into general practice for a little bit to get my bearings. And then that's when I sort of realized that lab animal had always been on my mind, but I was avoiding it for a very long time. Um, and then I kind of just decided to go for it. And then that's where I really found my, like my specialty and my love. So lab animal medicine is interesting because I think that a lot of technicians go through the schooling program and we have to take a lab animal class, but I don't think a lot of technicians envision themselves working in lab animal medicine. So I think it is a really interesting career opportunity. So can you speak to the technicians out there who may be graduating in their thinking, you know, man, I never even thought about lab animal. What kind of opportunities exist out there? You know, with your firsthand experience, it'd be great to know, you know, why that could be a really cool career choice for a veterinary technician. Absolutely. And this is kind of a part of my story. And uh, when I was working in lab animal, I was, I loved sharing this because it stopped me for a long time too. And I think it probably stops a lot of technicians when you just don't know. Um, during Manor, I mean, I remember that was part of the curriculum. I remember having one semester and not really like picking it up. It was just like, this is the thing just to get some exposure. I remember like not wanting to touch the animals and being kind of scared of mice and rats. And I just like left being like, I didn't get value from that. And over time, I just, you know, there's stuff out there, like how animals are treated and like just all these things that I think divided the veterinary community, like, you know, hospital settings and then lab animals seem to be this other thing 
that nobody wanted to like talk about. And if they did talk about it, it was like, we weren't supporting it. It seemed like very against. So I just had it locked out of my mind forever until I had a friend who was in general practice with me and she did both general practice and a part-time at a lab animal facility. And I started just kind of picking her brain and asking her about it. And the more I talked to her, the more I realized what I knew might have not actually been the truth or might not have been the best picture. So, um, and I had kind of exhausted all the specialties and I really wanted a specialty and not Mm -hmm. GP was just not my thing. So I started poking around and interviewing and that's when I found the, um, that's when I got hired at Temple and got, you know, to learn from the inside and realize that what I had known or like the teaching that I had been given, like wasn't the best reflection of a day in the life of a technician in lab animal. And I loved it. I was there for seven years. And had I not changed careers, I would probably still be there. I like love the industry and think there's a lot out there to learn. And certainly, you know, from what I hear, like you can actually, I mean, for a veterinary technician, make a decent living, you know, Um, as much as we say that money is important and we're doing it for the love of the animals. I mean, at the end of the day, you do have to buy groceries, right? You do have to pay your mortgage. So Lab animal medicine does provide a nicer pay scale than general practice sometimes. Yeah, I think any specialty, like even emergency medicine is more than general practice. But lab animal, I think, is up there. Um, It is just because of the way it's funded. It it, it does work a little bit different. And for me, I found that I was able to make a better living for myself um, as a single person who was living paycheck to paycheck you know, it gave me a little bit of extra room to feel a little bit more comfortable about my financial goals. And, um, and I found it to be the most rewarding. There was something about, you know, helping pets. Yes. But for me, there was like a greater good thing out there. Like, wow, this is like for the world. And I think that just spoke to me more. So not only did I love the work and my job description and what I was there for supporting, But my paychecks, yeah, they definitely did start to look a lot different. And so it's an avenue I would recommend to technicians, not for everyone, but I do think it's something to to look at if you're curious or uncertain. Yeah. I mean, you know, for the for the nerds out there, you're definitely going to see some cutting edge science and that can be really, really cool. You know, um, not again. I love GP and I spent a really long time in GP, but certainly if you want to be kind of on the cutting edge of what's going on medicine wise, lab animal might be right for you. So let's transition. So you spent a long time in lab animal. You loved it. um, But when we met up at the happy hour, you actually had just recently left and you kind of went through another career transition. So tell us about that. I know it seems like there's just career transition after career transition. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Yeah, you know. It's one of those things that seems like, how did you get from A to B? Like, that doesn't really make sense. And for me, it seems so aligned, like in research, because I was in an academic environment, you know, it was my role was, you know, very clinical, but then 50% or more was teaching. So it was teaching med students, teaching scientists about their animals. You know, there's a lot of science and my job was to teach about the animals. And I kind of saw myself in some of those, you know, those students, like these baby bird students that are trying to learn and they're just looking for mentorship. And I started to really just love those conversations more than my clinical ones. Um, And it took me a number of years to really figure out what that meant for me, but I ended up just 
finding out what was going on in everyone's lives. And just then there'd be like a line out my office door, like, hey, Shannon, I, I have this thing I want to talk to her about. And I just became that person that people wanted to talk to. And I started to listen and figure out how to pair my clinical with a higher education degree. And, and that's where I got a little bit stuck and learned about coaching for my own life. Like I hired a coach for me to figure out where my career was going. And the more I learned about it, the more I realized it was the, the hybrid that maybe I was looking for. And I just was being an undercover coach without knowing it. So I kind of just went in and got professionally trained and didn't know what I wanted to do with it. And over time, I think long story short, I just got really clear that I wanted to jump ship and sort of help, you know, not just coach within my organization or my department where I was, but I wanted to help more diverse groups of people, um, possibly the veterinary world and and other groups that might need that kind of support. So right. I was, yeah, just networking to learn more about women and meet people in our community and just start to solidify relationships in the Philadelphia area. So, I mean, I think the idea of like a veterinary career coaching is amazing because, the, again, we come out of tech school, we think, okay, you're just going to go into general practice and you're going to assist the doctor and that's going to be your job. But there's so many avenues within veterinary medicine that you can take this this degree in this career. So I think like the idea of having a veterinary career coach is really amazing. And we certainly will link to uh, Shanna's information in the notes of this podcast. So if you guys want to contact Shanna directly to talk about some career avenues, she would be a great resource. Um, but lastly, since I know you get, you're having these conversations with people, you're having a lot of kind of coaching conversations, not just career right now and everything that's going on in the world with, you know, the, the quarantine and COVID and the way we're changing our, you know, way we practice medicine in general and being on the front lines, being an essential worker. Some people are furloughed. There's job uncertainty. Uh, it's creating a lot of stress, you know, and I'm sure that you've seen this with the people you're talking to. So as we kind of finish up this podcast, what is something that you like, what's a piece of advice you would give to technicians who are start to feel burnout because of their 12 to 14 hour days with this. They are, you know, it's emotionally really hard. Not only is veterinary medicine an emotionally hard job, but now you've layered on this, you know, global pandemic together with it. And there's a lot of uncertainty. So what do you say for those technicians that are currently driving to work right now um, and feeling really burnt? Yeah, this is the topic. I mean, I think this was the topic before. And now with the pandemic piled on top, I think this is the conversation I'm having with, you know, those that are, you know, in and out of the industry. And I think what I'm realizing is that everyone's having a different experience. So, you know, whether you're having a high or you're having a low, like, I think my advice would be like, however you're feeling is normal, number one, <laughs> like whether it's good or bad or whatever it is. There's no certain way to be. So just be where you are. Um, and although it might seem like, and I kind of said this before, but I know it might seem like moving forward or the amount of, you know, emotional stress you're under is just like, it's so much that you can't move forward. Give yourself the space to be where you are and grieve, cry if you need to cry, like whatever needs to happen and focus on the things that you do have access to. Like, Focus on the reasons why you're going to work every day. Like, what difference are you making? It's so easy to focus on everything that feels like crap. So I would say focus on the things that you can see and know that, like, the world is still moving forward. People are still getting hired. 
there's still possibility out there. And like, this will be over one day and the doors will open up. So it's like being ready for that. So yeah, I guess my advice would just be like, give yourself some grace, meet yourself where you are and know that the world is still full of possibility and you can move forward. Yeah, good. I mean, good advice. I, yeah. I, just uh, like a long-winded. You know, just no, I, and you know, full disclosure for people listening, Shanna and I kind of had a conversation before we started recording and I said that, you know, you don't have to say everything's going to be okay and everything's sunshine and unicorns and rainbows because it's not. And sometimes it really sucks and it's okay that it sucks. And I have cried. I cried a lot yesterday. Um, I might cry today in the shower. Who knows? Uh, And it's, that's cool. Like that's just the way it is. And, uh, and it'll be over eventually. And we just, you know, reach out to each other and stick together, et cetera. Yeah. And I think the last thing I'll say on that, Tasha, while you were talking, it just sparked something like, I think also as being in the veterinary industry, we take care of a lot of sick animals. We also take care of a lot of clients who need our support. And a lot of times we're putting out so much for them that we end up just holding it all and just holding all that emotion and kind of taught that we're just supposed to hold it. And like, I think the opportunity now is to actually like start to give that away. Like we don't have to hold all of that all of the time. Yeah. That's definitely good advice. We don't. Um, But you're right. It is so easy to do. Well, man, this has been really cool. I know we touched on a whole bunch of different things here on the podcast today. And like I said, check out our show notes because we'll have a lot of information and resources for you guys there. Um, But mostly, thank you so much, Shanna, for being on the podcast. And I hope to have you in a future episode again when we can... When things are a little bit lighter and we could talk more about kind of mentoring and career coaching in the space of veterinary medicine. Uh, And thanks so much, nerds, for listening. We hope you stay uh, healthy out there and we'll see you next week.